Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. Welcome and thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up podcast. First, I want to thank all the listener and friends of our podcast for all the kind and heartwarming messages during the past few weeks when our show was on hiatus due to my deteriorated health from exposure to COVID. I'm happy to share that at this time I'm symptom-free and continue to recover fully in self-quarantine. This experience sure has been more impactful. On both my mind and body that I can ever expect it. I strongly believe that it is all the prayer and best wishes from all the friends and family that helped me to overcome and reach the other side of the tunnel. With that being said, I really want to give the most sincere gratitude to all the heroes in the front line who work day in and day out to protect all of us. So now you can join me in providing protection and comfort to these heroes by visiting. Thrive Global First Responders First, and if you are locally to New York like I am, you can donate by visiting New York Mayor Fund for COVID-19 relief. Remember, all these sites are listed in our show description, and if you cannot donate, you can still help by sharing this information to your social circle. Now, since the hiatus, I have received quite a few questions in our mailbag, like promise. I want to use this episode to respond to these questions. And before we start digging into the mailbag, I would like to kick off our episode with some positive and inspiring news. Today, our first news is brought to you by CNN, The Good Stuff, written by Tori Apodaca and Douglas S. Wood. The headline is: This eight-year-old is on a mission to give away two million books to underprivileged kids. When Sala Thompson came home from her first day of kindergarten in 2017, she was sad that a portion of her classmates did not know how to read. She immediately knew she needed to do something. She said that a lot of her new friends at school didn't know their ABCs. Sala's father, Kyle Thompson, told CNN, "We use it as a teachable moment to explain that different kids come from different backgrounds." 
This is when Salah, then five years old, challenged her father and mother, Nicole Thompson, with a proposal that they could not turn down. She requested that they give away two million books to children. So her parents began to do some research to find out that the root of the problem and the ways they could best help. They soon discovered the literacy epidemic that existed here in America, as a shared statistic found from the nonprofit organization Literacy Incorporated, that say 85% of juveniles in the juvenile prison system were functionally illiterate, and that two-thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of the fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare. All these crazy statistics for literacy below our minds, say Kalau Thompson. The statistics say some prison forecast the number of prison cells they are going to build in the future based off of the third grade reading test scores. Sela, now eight years old, and her family created the Empowered Readers Literacy Project, a nonprofit aimed at helping families building strong reading ritual and getting kids excited about books. In 2018, more than 2,400 children and parents attended the project's first event, a march for literacy in Atlanta. We realized that a lot of people felt this way, said Kalau Thompson. Literacy is origin point of so many problems, and if we could just focus on fixing that, then we could have a real impact. They defined the main issue was that very little representations of characters of color are in children's books. Children are not excited about reading when they do not see themselves on the pages of a book, Nicole Thompson told CNN. This is when the representation components really came in for us. Sala had been noticing that hardly any characters in the stories she was reading looked like her and had started developing Penelope in The Pirate Princess, where the main character looked like her and shared her passion for learning about outer space and science. Most parents would not believe that a young child was serious about publishing a book, but Salad persisted, and her parents began to realize the impact a story like this would have on the children across the world. After nearly two years of process developing the idea and finding resources to put it into action, Salad became a children's book author in November of 2019 when Penelope, the Pirate Princess, was published. The Empower Readers Literacy Project has donated at least 8,000 books to children since 2018, and Salah's book has been added to the distributions. There is so much inspiration behind the fact that this is a child that wrote this story and came up with this, said Kyleo Thompson. You can reclaim your story, do your own story, and do all the things that adults can do at a young age, and you should really know that you have power in your voice and ideas. So when COVID-19 hit, most of the school outreach and book reading that were bringing Salah's story to life were put on hold, and her parents wondered what the future of their project would be. When Khalil Thompson came across a COVID-19 children's book contest held by Emory University, he knew that the whole family would have to help to create a sequel to Sela's origin story. COVID is like glitter, Sela told CNN. It spreads everywhere and it doesn't stop. Using the concept of glittered spot dots, Sela and her younger sister, Sarah, worked together to pen the story. My daddy doesn't like glitter. Sarah told CNN. 
it's kind of funny to me and my sister. Her parents were able to expedite the copyright process, having already experienced it with the first book, Penelope and the Private Princess, a bad case of glitter spot dots, will be published in December 15. The Empower Reader Literacy Project is hosting diverse holiday book drive that has already collected at least 670 books since November. Their goal is to donate 1,000 books to organizations Cool Girls Incorporated and Children's Healthcare of Atlanta in time of Christmas. People are really understanding the power of the message of diversity and how important it is for all kids to see, said Nicole Thompson. We're just trying to do our little part to heal a big wound that our country has. So here at Light Plus Up, we really want to thank the Thompson families and also Salah for being such inspiration figures. You have not simply demonstrated how to solve a problem from the root. You have also taken on yourself to become an author and inspire many to follow your role. And this is the light that we desperately need at this time. So thank you once again for bringing that happiness to all the children out there who will be benefiting from your project. Now, our second story is being brought to you by Good News Network, written by Judy Cole. The headline is, what started as a joking bake-off between dads led to 15,000 cookies being delivered to essential workers. Whether their play of choice is a team sport like basketball or football, or something more mono or mono, like tennis, chess, or even video games, some men are hardwired with the instinct to compete. Yes, to the victor belongs the spoils, but perhaps equally important, he who wins has bragging rights. So it's not surprising that this, the spirit of competition has spilled over into culinary world as well. While they might not be up to the task in real life, there are many a home chef who dreams of beating Bobby Flay, taking top honors on cake wars, or being crowned a chop champion. This past April, when Huntington, Pennsylvania dads, 58 years old Scott McKenzie and his buddy, 42-year-old Jeremy Ulrich, found themselves embroiled in what could be termed the cookie wars. Neither men realized what began as a friendly competition to see who was the better baker would morph into something that will have a major positive impact on their community at large. After being furloughed from his associate coaching job at a local liberal art college due to the coronavirus pandemic. Mackenzie set himself a goal of learning a new skills each week. Up first, cookie baking. Though the results of his first attempt at chocolate chip cookie weren't flawless, they were pretty darn tasty. When Mackenzie proudly posted his success to Facebook, middle school English teacher Ulrich commented his pal's effort but say he was sure he could do better. This, the cookie gauntlet was thrown and the bake-off was on. The competition was soon joined by one of the Orich former students, 18-year-old Rachel Kyle, who got a win of via social media. The dads decided to let Huntington Borough Mayor David Whistles choose which cookie reigned supreme. Ironically, it was latecomer Kyle who took top cookies honors. With the winner's crown, Ulrich and Mackenzie made the rounds, dropping off remaining cookie batches to essential workers in the Huntington area. The recipient couldn't have been more pleased. 
we can help with saying a little bit of sugar and some flour can go a long way. We should do it again, Ulrich said in an interview with the Washington Post. Inspired to do more, the pair tweaked their two-man bake-off concept, transforming it into an initiative called Cookies for Caregivers. Cookies for Caregivers was born as a reflection of COVID-19 experience in 2020, notes the group Facebook page. Many folks continue to go to work and serve their community as others were told to stay home and were able to work from home. We decided to show our gratitude to those working to serve us by serving them freshly baked cookies as a magnificent sign of our appreciation and respect. Mackenzie and Arbridge were hopeful others would volunteer their time and baking expertise, but they never expected enthusiastic response their idea received. In just a few days, group membership top 100 will be cookie bakers. So with so many willing to be involved, Mackenzie and Ulrich organize a round of robins of four bakers per week. Ulrich coordinates the bakers. Mackenzie is tasked with setting up COVID safe drop off the distribution site. One day each week, they load up a car and make deliveries. In the first eight months after Cookies for Caregivers made its debut, Mackenzie and Arbridge estimated more than 1,300 dozen, that's 15,600 individual cookies, found their way to mouth of essential workers in hospital, schools, fire, and police stations, and even the newsroom of local newspaper. Even though he's back at work, Mackenzie and his baking partner continue to helm cookie initiatives. However, both feel blessed that others took up their game plan and not only kept the ball in play, but ran with it. This is a direct reflection of our community as a whole. And credit to them, Ulrich said, the community is small in size, but huge in heart. It's said that the money can buy happiness, but it seems that dough, when you cookie dough, that is can go a long way toward putting a smile on hundreds of deserving faces. And when it comes to providing comfort and cheers to essential workers, there's nothing half-baked about the recipe. So here, I like plus up. We really want to go ahead and thank Mackenzie and Ulrich for your great initiatives and bring so much happiness to those essential workers from your cookies. Now, let's go ahead and take a short break before we jump into our mailbag sessions. Hi, this is Kevin from Life Plus Up. Do you want to have more resources or episodes? If you do, don't forget to visit our Patreon page listed in the show description. As being a patron to our Patreon, you'll be getting special episodes, workshops, or even one-on-one Zoom meetings for your life coaching plans. Be sure to sign up for our publication, The Life Business Insiders, where you can find tons of resources to help you from some of the most brilliant minds in the industry to help you to succeed in personal, financial, and career. So don't forget to subscribe to The Life Business Insider, a free online publication for all the listeners of the Life Plus Up podcast. All right, welcome back. Now let's dig into our mailbag. Our first question is from one of the listeners from California. Hey, Kevin, I read your LinkedIn post. Congratulations on being accepted to NYU EMBA program. So can you tell us why made you choose New York University as your graduate school? Thank you for asking the question. This is actually a very interesting topic that I would love to discuss in length. 
So I, I was actually planning to write an entire episode about it. For the meantime, just to answer these questions, I always preach to all the listeners about the importance of constantly reinvest in yourself. And when I'm looking to elevate my career and personal and also financial goals, I really want to go ahead and choose an avenue that can help me to achieve that. So before this journey of searching for the best graduate school, I made a list of pros and cons on all the contenders I feel that the visions and my visions align. New York University definitely stands out, not just because the reputation of fantastic academic programs, curriculums, and all the professors are on invitation basis, but it also offers a lot of great benefits such as career counselings, global alumni networks, and also benefits such as allowing the students to continue to come back to school to learn about ever-changing business situations. So you are not simply choosing a program for the meantime and for this current state, but you're also trying to set yourself up for all the preparation for future challenges that we have not been able to imagine yet. And as you guys can see that in this current global pandemic, that one country cannot survive by itself, you really take a global effort to work together, to notify each other, to work in collaboration world so we can all push forward. So it's important that you have chosen a school that really connect with the same philosophy of globally corporations. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to be accepted and I'm looking forward to start my school very soon. Now, our second question is also from another listener in California. Hey, Kevin, what do you think about the $190 million signing from Anthony Davis to Lakers for five years? As a Laker fan, I cannot tell you how excited I am to really knowing that LeBron James signed an extension contract and Anthony Davis has a five-year contract with us that we locked down the biggest two cornerstone that make Lakers who we are today. And as you guys can see from last year that we played through the pandemic, the longest season yet, we just finished our seasons in late October. Now we're starting it in a few days. We are all very excited to see how we can create a dynasty by looking at Anthony Davis signing that we have Montres Harrell, we have Shooters, we have Wesley Matthews, all those new people joining in. What can Laker be? So this has been an exciting time for us to go ahead and watch basketball. And trust me, in this particular time, you really need all the escape as you can get. So yes, I'm very excited about the contract. I feel $190 million definitely worth every penny. Now here is one of our listeners from locally to New York. Hi, Kevin. I hope that you're feeling well. Now, you're going to graduate school along with all the things that you currently do in the podcast and also writing on mediums. Where did you get all the time to do all these things? Can you share with us about your time management skills? Okay, so I did actually have an episode about time management. You really coming down to how do you try not to overwhelm yourself with a lot of commitments, but trying to go ahead and making sure you quantify each activity that's important to you and you put it into a schedule. One thing that I will say, if you want to refer back to my time management episode would be fantastic, is that you really have to go ahead and feel like you get a grasp about where your time go. Just like your bank accounts, every dollar in your bank accounts, you're able to trace to a transactions, but every minute of your time should be able to trace to an activity, right? 
So if you are able to do your time audit, which I also offer a downloadable time audit sheet in the previous episode that you guys can refer to, it really allow you to go ahead and write down the activity you do, you quantify them, and you put them into a schedule. The most important part is don't set the schedule to so full that you're not be able to be flexible. One thing about the timetable and time audit is not supposed to go ahead and give you pressure, but it's supposed to go ahead and take away some of the pressures because you know exactly how you spend your time and how much time that you have left. This message really aligned with another episode that when I was having the fortune to interview Dr. Gollum Vince of getting unbusy. In this episode, my interview with him, he has stated that one of the biggest problems that people have is that they overcommitted to too many commitments. When you do that, you make yourself too busy to not simply not be able to enjoy the process, but also make you feel resentful to the commitment that you do. So when you do your timetables and auditing your time, you really have to figure out all these activities you're committed to, are they important to you at this moment? And are they giving you the fun, the potential, or what is the growth that you're looking for? for? So you really co-align with that particular philosophy as well too. So I would say that please refer that to our time management episodes, which really allow you to really get grasp on that. Now, our next listeners ask, Kevin, I hope that you're feeling all right. This pandemic surely sucks. Yes, it does. Now, I want to ask you is that your favorite team, Lakers, seem to be unstoppable. Who do you think will be the biggest block to take Lakers away from the championship this year? First of all, thank you for the questions. But let me clarify. There is no block that will take away Lakers from winning another champions. If you look around, that aside from simply make our roster stronger, we also take the time to making sure that we're implementing the chemistry and also let our leaders, which is LeBron James, show by examples. While other team leaders, like Houston Rockets, sorry for the fans over there, that your leader is currently MIA in strip club, our leader have already making the training camp work. Now, a few contestants that I'm really worried about this year that might stop us from winning the dynasty, one of them will be the bright future sons. Chris Paul has always been known to be the one of the most professional players along with the best leadership, even though sometimes he might be hard to work with, but his reputation exceeds that. Just see about what Chris Paul can do for Oklahoma last year when he has no pieces. Now he's in the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker. Now you can see that they will be elevating themselves from trying to fight for the A seat into middle of the pack. And we all know that injury can happen throughout the whole seasons. This is a shortened season. Lakers just finished our seasons in October. Now we're playing in December again. So a lot of unexpected can happen. But Bright Future Sun is one of the things I worry about the most. On the East, I don't really particularly worry about the East too much. But, of course, people have been raving about the local Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, you heard that the James Harden, the strip club goer, wanted to join Brooklyn Nets. And you also know about Philadelphia with the new GMs who have been doing a lot of great, great decisions so far. These are good contenders, but you know what? Since we're in the Western Conference, I will worry about them when we see them in the finals. And I know that Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis already locked in. We should be able to achieve that magnificence once again. 
Now let's see our next listener. Hey Kevin, you're off for two weeks. I hope that you're doing good. Yes, thank you for all for all the best wishes. I want to talk to you about applying for a job. Is it me or the job is getting harder and harder to get? I have been applying to three to four jobs on daily basis, and most of the time, I have no response until a few weeks later that I am no longer being considered. What should I do? Thank you very much for asking the questions. This has been a very hard time for not simply for the people who are looking for a job, it also is very hard for a lot of business. Think about what the pandemic have done to the entire business world. Supply chain has been broken because COVID restrictions. Restaurants has been shut down because the increasing number in this country. You also see a lot of business are not able to go ahead and continue to perform the way they did because people's habit has changed, right? So what should you do is that you have to think about, first of all, tell yourself it is not your fault. Do not blame yourself or doubt yourself. This is the market and this is the reality right now. A lot of people are looking for a job and sometimes it is harder for the hiring manager to make the right decisions in such a short time. So do not get discouraged. It happens to everyone. You just have to recognize it is not your fault that you are continuing to go ahead and self-improve during this time. Every single day that you have not found the ideal job that you like, that's a day that you can self-improve. There's a lot of things that you can do to make sure that you stand out among your peers. I would say one thing that you can do is to refer back to my previous episode about how to go ahead and make your LinkedIn look a lot more attractive. You can also think about what are few things that you can do to help you to build your reputation, your brands up. A lot of times, those jobs that you see on the job post has already been given to other people before it hits the job post. So you should definitely try to connect with recruiters or other people in your communities that you might be able to go ahead and get referral for. Just like before you try new restaurants out, weren't you going to check the Google review and Yelp review? Same thing for looking for a job, right? You should expect the recruiter to reach within their own circle for referrals prior to looking into random applicants online. So I would say that those are things that you should look into first, but never get discouraged because I can tell you, those jobs that you have not get selected, you're not gonna be good for them, they're not gonna be good for you. The perfect job are still around the corner. So feel blessed for that part, that every single day is another day that you can self-improve. Now let's go down to our last questions. Hey Kevin, I'm trying to see if I should invest in continued education like you do, or engage short-term certification for professional licensure. Oh, well, this is a very interesting question because, right, I don't know about your current situation in the your field that you do, but I also want to go ahead and give you the best recommendation is to seek help from your seniorities and your mentors within your company. Really think about what you want to do. If you are looking to continue to elevate your career in a particular field, that professional license can give you more job exposures, and that's definitely worthwhile comparing to try to invest in hundreds and thousands of dollars in graduate schools for a degree that might not help you with your longer term, then you should go ahead and think about that. One thing I will say is that you should really think about who you want to become, right? Connect with that particular mentor and see about their journeys, see what they have done so far. 
currently imagine that if you are in a trucking and also transportation industry and your goal is to go ahead and own a fleet having your own company with your own contract then what type of training and education will help you to build an organization like that or if your whole goal is to be a particular technician or specialist then you know the licensure is what you need to perform that job so you really coming down to what your current field is so it's hard to give you a yes and no answer but i do feel like if you're listening to this episode dm me or email me at podcastlightplusup at gmail.com and i would love to go ahead and go a little deeper with you and just for all the listeners out there, remember, if you are a Patreon member to our show, you will be able to join us on our group chats through Discord, which you can ask questions like this. And currently, as you already know, that we are all on Zoom. So that's one thing that we always do on our Patreon membership is a Zoom networking events. And that might be helping people to find job for referrals or seeking advices like this person did earlier about is professional license more important than continuing education. Now, with that being said, this is all the mailbag that I can answer at this time. And of course, if you have an urgent question that you really want to ask, shoot me a DM or email me. I would love to go ahead and discuss them in our future episode. With that being said, thank you all for all your best wishes. And I can't wait to go ahead and have our new year started with a brand new hope knowing for a fact that I've been fully recovered. Be safe, and I'll see you all next Wednesday at Light Plus Up. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember... Success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.